Welcome, everybody. It's time for another episode of the Everybody Counts podcast. I'm here with my guys, Jay and Pete. What's up, fellas? What's going on? Hello. All right. Thanks for joining me tonight to talk about another episode of Bosch in Season 5. First up, though, I would like to give another thank you to Sam, Kathy, and Joe for participating in our roundtable earlier this week. We put out a bonus episode of the podcast all about things you might want to know about reading uh, Michael Connelly's books if you have only watched the show previously. Just some um, some intel, some tips, and um, information that, that might be helpful, helpful if you want to go on that journey with the books, which uh, it's been pretty unanimous, um, the feedback we've had on Twitter. Everyone's like, yeah, of course. Of course, read the books. So check that out, that episode, if you want to get some of that information. But yeah, thanks again to our panelists, Sam, Kathy, and Joe, for helping us out. We do have a debrief interview at the end of this podcast. I'm going to ask you guys, Jay, Pete, who do you think we have this week? You don't even Jay. know. I think you have Jay. It is I not Jay. Say, I, I, I don't know this week either. <laughs> Tracy doesn't tell me anything ahead of time. She's like, hey, this is what's <laughs> happening. And I'm like, okay. So I don't know. Uh, All right. Hmm. Well, Pete thought it was Jay. It actually starts with a J. The name starts with a J. It starts with a J? Why mm-hmm. you got to put me on the spot like that? I'm... No, we already did that one. I, who, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Is it my man, Jamie Hector? No, we already talked to him. We already released that one. I thought maybe he got twice because he's my oh, man. Because he's the man, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we have a woman, and she's just getting started. This week, we have Jacqueline Oberdors, who plays Detective Christina Vega, Pierce's new partner. Uh, we get some, some great insights from her being new to the cast, but not new to playing a detective. She's just got a lot of good stuff to, to share on the interview, so definitely stay tuned at the end um, for that. Or maybe, maybe I should actually say, please don't fast forward directly to it. You know? That too. <laughs> yeah, that too. It's not please a good out. <laughs> Please hang out for our discussion first. But yes, you do have that to look forward to. So, other than that, let's jump into the episode. It's titled Salvation Mountain. It's episode 8 from season 5, directed by Ernest Dickerson who has been a longtime director on Bosch and written by Tom Bernardo. And I made a note right at the beginning here that there are so many powerful scenes in this episode. Some of them are more action-oriented. Some of them are more emotional. But there, I think there's just some powerhouse scenes in this episode. So let's jump right in to where the episode begins. Jay Edgar has made a journey in the middle of the night to Tehachapi. Tell us what's going on there, Jay. What an awesome partner. It was mm-hmm. like a two or three hour drive or some crazy mm-hmm. thing. All yeah. the way go there to uh, to interview our our shoplifter. Shoplifter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lizzie. And uh, he's no nonsense. He's on it right away. He's finding yeah. out everything that he can. And he's actually way more patient with her than I think that I would have been. And even trying to get her to focus, telling her to close her eyes, let's see what you remember. And he doesn't move until he gets all the information that he thinks he can from her. Yeah. Because uh, he's got to get his partner back. Got to find right. out what's going on. Right. So, uh, right from the get-go, we see the man in action. 
Getting it yeah. Done. Yeah. What do you think, Pete? Any thoughts on that thing? I think the Jay Edgar thing was actually, like he said, more patient. I mean, she didn't she fall asleep at some point? Yeah, and, yeah. And he waited for her to, to, to wake up and be like, mm-hmm. all right, yep. you know, you slept it off. What else you got for me? Mm-hmm. Until yeah. he could have enough, like Jay said, information. I thought it was years of experience. And I thought that it was it was what makes Jay Edgar so great and why we love him. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I'm sure he's done those types of interrogations before where you're trying to, you know, um, conjure up memories mm-hmm. and facts and observations. But at the same time, it was not the typical type of interrogation that, that we're mostly used to seeing on the show. Um, you know, it was almost more like a therapist and patient type yeah, It was kind of delicate. Yeah. Delicate, but yeah. firm kind yeah. of mix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, you know, he was dogged about it. Like, we've, we've got to we've got to try here. We've got to get this information. This is very important. But he was very respectful um, as well. So, yeah, it was good scene. And so they finally figure out that she does have memories of this place. Uh, it turns out to be called Salvation Mountain. And the colors and the um, the, the big rocks and everything are, are coming together. And I think they start looking online and they mm-hmm. identify this place. So, meanwhile, you know, Grace has been holding off on going up the chain about Harry being undercover with no way to communicate, except for his little handwritten notes. He has come through there. Um, So she's having breakfast with Cheryl. Um, I guess they're in a relationship now. We don't get a lot of details, but um, they seem to be in, in a very serious relationship and they're having breakfast and Cheryl's kind of digging at her a little bit about um, the whole thing with Juke and the stats, you know, these, these phony stats that she's uncovered and Grace, I mean, she doesn't, she hesitates on how much she wants to get involved because obviously there's something fishy going on, sure. but she, you know, she has some reservations where Cheryl's saying, well, you know, isn't this what you're in this for, you know, to do the right thing. So they just kind of leave it, you know, as is, you know, it's a topic of discussion and Grace has to get to work. And as she's leaving, she sees the newspaper on the counter. Wow. Her day just shifted into high gear for sure. So, Pete, tell us about the article she sees on the counter. Well, it's the article that Mr. Anderson jerk was was talking (laughs) about. And we knew we knew that he was going to cause problems. And here we are. And here's the consequences, because as this episode progresses, this article causes numerous problems for everybody. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, damn, Mr. Anderson, I hate you right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, and don't you aren't you really mad at his editor, too, for choosing to put Bosch's picture in there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Worst of all. Yeah. It's combined. They're both yeah. they're both equally to blame, but if Anderson didn't initially go out and get the footwork for the story, sure. there wouldn't be a picture of Bosch all over the paper because they would have nothing to back it up. Yeah. So, this obviously causes big, epic, proportion-sized problems for Harry Bosch, a.k.a. Dominic Riley. Oh, yeah. So, and for uh, Grace, too. And for yeah. Grace, too. Yeah. Yeah, so she's like, I have to say something now. Jay Edgar, I mean, it's everybody mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. You're right, you're right. Everyone's stressed out. Um, he, You know, this puts him in danger. They have to let someone, 
know what's going on, but at the same time, they don't know necessarily that this this group of criminals has access to the newspaper, but they do. Now, now they, let me ask you this question, actually. Yeah. I was thinking about this during the episode. If they would have reported that Harry Bosch was undercover and no way to communicate, would that have – since it would have been common knowledge, would they have not printed an article because it would have went down to them before it got processed or would it still have been processed? Like if Grace would have reported it to Irvin or up the chain who she had to report it to, would Early that – yeah, would, would they be able to get a control of the press and not release that photo because he's missing and they don't know where he is and that could cause a problem for him? I mean, it's too, they didn't, even if she had said something earlier, um, unless they went and plucked him out of the undercover job somehow, right. they wouldn't, still wouldn't control the newspaper. They didn't know it was coming. So it didn't make a difference of the old newspaper. That newspaper article was coming out either way, rather than he so. was undercover or missing. Or yeah, not. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was still a threat, for sure. So um, the minions, as I call them, Walsh's minions, round everybody up a little earlier that day. Get up, get on the van, grab your stuff, and they head off to the plane. But they only want one person to get mm. off the van, and mm. that would be Dominic Riley. So you know, and I no would have stayed in the van. I would have been <laughs> yeah. like, no thanks, I'm good. Yeah. See. I, I disagree. I disagree because huh. um, didn't last episode or the episode before that, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do with you, um, Dominic Riley. And he said, so send me home. Yeah. So them saying you're going home. Yeah. You know, Bosch is smart enough to know something's up. But the story did add up. Like, they, he said to send me home. They're sending him home. If he didn't right. talk to um, Liz and find out that the last person who they sent home went mm-hmm. missing... Yeah. Then maybe he, you know, and it wasn't Bosch. Maybe the person would have been a little more gullible and not had that guard up. Yeah. I mean, they thought their their story was fluid or whatever, but but clearly, he knew it wasn't good. But yeah, w- what happens if you resist, Jay, and say you're not getting out of the van? Does it? Is there any better option? You know, you you take out the driver and take off in the van, <laughs> man. Come on, Bosch, don't get on the plane. Are you crazy? <laughs> He's crazy, I guess, because he got on the plane, oh. and and they're they're heading off. Uh, Stones is up there with the pilot. This fellow named Carter is in the back there with Harry, and Stones walks out with the newspaper article and like, what is this about? Tells him to unbuckle. He's uh he's getting off the plane. Uh, Harry refuses, and but then ultimately unbuckles. Who wants to talk about? this fight scene who knows how to break down a fight scene the best i don't know how to break it down but it was fabulous how about that <laughs> okay it was, right. uh, tell us more you know i don't know because you know harry's a tough cookie anyway and we know he can hold his own and we've seen him kind of scruff it a little bit scruff it up a little bit in the past but Holy mackerel, it was like special forces meets ninjutsu in the middle of this tiny little plane as he unleashes the knife from his cane and and uh, uses it mm-hmm. <laughs> very dramatically right in the dude's head, uh, taking one out, turning the guy around while the other one's shooting, puts a bullet into the guy that's already dead back. Some more tussle, tussle, toil and trouble. As they head their way out towards the end of the plane where the door is wide open, Harry hanging halfway out. 
Harry does this ninjutsu move, man. Chop punch right to the throat, I guess, whatever. And then jams his thumb in the dude's eye, which is amazing. That's like karma. That's what you get, sucker. Uh-huh. Uh, and then out the plane he goes, which deservedly so. And how was Harry not falling out of the plane already, Jay? Because he's a smart guy and he was grabbing onto a seatbelt or some kind yep. of strap. Yeah. What you yep. would call it. He got himself. He got himself steadied. And then, yeah, the, the karate chop and then eyeball thing. Oh, my gosh. Eyeball things always get me. Movies, TV, whatever. Oh, that. Amazing. Oh. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, now, yeah. now, I want to say something. I was watching this scene, and, you know, you see a dumb to the eyeball. You don't see that too much on TV these days except for watching The Walking Dead. So, like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I thought it was a great job of um, the way they portrayed the survival instinct. Because yeah. when Grimes does it, you get a feel. And when Harry Bosch did it, I got the same feel. So yeah. I was like, not only are these guys great actors pulling off the scene properly, but they got me to believe what they were doing. And that's yeah. what makes shows like this great and actors like that great. Yeah, ultimate survival, anything you can do. Yeah, and he gets the leverage on him and flings him out of the plane and then heads back up front with the pilot who who tries to, you know, Gets in all defensive mode, like, hey, man, if the plane goes down, you go down, too. And he's like, he basically is like, shut up. I'm a police officer. I love you know? his snarkiness yeah. right there. I love that snarkiness. <laughs> like, yeah, me too. Me too. He's like, you know, yeah, cut it out. Gets on the, the radio. Breaks down what's going to happen. And you know, he is in control. Harry is now in control he's of back. the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's back. Forget Dominic. Dominic no longer exists. Harry is back. Uh, But for a great breakdown of that scene and how they filmed it, um, definitely, if you haven't already, check out the X-Ray information on Amazon Prime because it's a great video about how they choreographed some of that and special effects um, and how they made it look so authentic. I mean, because it it really did. Um, But amazing, amazing work there all around so harry makes it back to the airport to whiteman airport and grace is there jay edgar's there charlie hoven is there and they get a little snarky with charlie hoven too like oh now you're interested Mm -hmm. you know so things kind of come full circle there but his first priority of course is to call maddie uh which he does and lets her know that he's safe and they'll talk more tonight. Um, she doesn't get a lot of explanation. Um, I think she has to go, though, because she's working on her case, right? Well, that's what she makes it seem. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Shoot. All right. I tell me she, more. She sounded pissed to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Maybe she had a valid excuse. But, yeah. And you even kind of see a look on Harry's face like, hmm, you know, okay. Talk to you later. You got to go. All right. Um, he's a little taken aback. I don't think he realizes this is because he's been under such duress and stress and all the adrenaline. I don't think he necessarily understands the gravity of the situation from her perspective quite yet. You know, he's still coming down from everything. But can I just point out that our man, Jay Edgar, how he's just is always there for his partner. You know, you guys mentioned that. What a great partner. He's got his little belongings there with him, his little kit, you know. Right? I know. Oh, no. yeah. And so it, it even reminded me of last season. Um, and I mean, obviously not the same circumstances, but when Harry comes in after Eleanor's murder and he's got blood all over his shirt and he directs him to a drawer with a clean shirt. You know, he's just always 
I mean, like, he's tough. He's got his back physically. Um, but he's just really, I mean, he really cares for his partner, too, and takes care of him. And I, I love seeing that, that he's just got his back, you know, all around. So, good job, J. Edgar. So, Harry is heading home. I mean, he has, he has some, he talks to um, Charlie Hoven, and they talk about Pete Sky Walsh, and they try to kind of figure out who he is, you know, historically, and putting a name with the, a face with the name, and they're kind of figuring out um, who he really is. And um, they know um, him. Yeah, Central yeah. America, Jay. Central yeah. America. <laughs> yeah, from last week's trivia. So. Oh man. And then he also has to meet with um, FID, the Force Investigation Division, because of the the shooting and the killing and all that. Um, so he heads home and he is just wiped out. You know, I mean, Harry is just worn out. He's walking down the steps to his house, and he gets a call from Honey Chandler. Where have you been? That's everybody's question. I uh, know. Where have you been? And he explains that he'd, you know, been working on the the pharmacy case, and then he lets her know in no uncertain terms that that article um, almost got him killed. And he's upset about that, and she talks to him about it. She gives an update on... Uh, Terry Spencer, that they've got to figure out where he is, that she's trying to identify where the Cronins may be hiding him. She's giving him all kinds of, you know, updates on the case. But um, what what do you guys think about this conversation, like from Harry's perspective? Well, when Honey Chandler tells you that it's a good sign and things are looking positive for you, I would not get mad at her. You know, you know, she's great at what she does. So if she's telling you that it could be a good sign and work in your favor and, you know, Mm -hmm. things are being controlled and, you know, I I feel like that was probably a big relief for um, Mr. Bosch. Do you agree, Jay, or is he still in the anger mode? Yeah, I think he's frustrated, man. I think he wants it over with, you know, and I think, you know, Harry isn't the most patient of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think he wants to hear it's going to be okay. I think he needs to hear it's now okay. Like it's over. Yeah. 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 I hear you. So, um, so he, he cleans up a little bit. He's sitting in the kitchen in the dark, having a drink. You know, he's been waiting a while for Maddie cause they said they would talk mm. and she finally comes home and this is a powerhouse of a scene for sure. Um, things just aren't right with them from, from no. the get-go. She no. walks in late. He even, I think he even asks her why she's late. I'm like, dude, that, that's a bad move. <laughs> you know, you, you've been late for like, what, two days now? And, and you're asking her why, why she's late. And she, she asked him some questions about, you know, where he's been. He's been in a fight. He said he had to defend himself. Um, did you kill someone? Yes. You know, that they would have killed me. Uh, and then he starts talking about her case and that she's been working on with DDA tribe. Um, the, the sexual assault victim, how did that go? And she reports back on that, that there was a last minute plea bargain. They talk about that for a little bit. Um, and then she makes a point of saying, you changed the subject, you know, uh-huh. and, and she had also asked him how many people he had killed. Um, which is a callback to one of the books. I won't, I won't get into it, but it was a, a pretty cool Easter egg callback to um, a scene in one of the books. And uh, 
you know, he, 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 he doesn't know, but he's, he's like, why? And she's like, because every time um, you kill someone, it means I've almost lost you, you know? And again, you know, she, like I said, she said he changed the subject and she walks off. There's, there's no more talking for the evening. And Bosch, uh, he's uncomfortable with that. You know, I think he wanted to have this reunion with her and for her to know that he's safe. And like you were saying, Jay, to know that it's done, Mm -hmm. it's over, you know, I made it through, but this has a, a lot bigger impact than I think, you know, I think he, he realized at first. And if you haven't listened to our interview with Titus Welliver earlier um, this season, definitely check it out because he has a lot of great insights um, to share about this, this particular scene. We asked him about it and he really has a lot of um, important things to say about it. Anything else from you guys on this scene? What, how does it leave you feeling? She needs to, to let it go. She needs to stop. Okay, she just needs to stop. That was very selfish of her. I'm do sorry. Do you think so, Jay? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. How are you going right. to call five times? You're so worried about him. Rah, rah, rah. And okay, you're angry. But you don't come home to see him right away? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. And you, you have no compassion or empathy for what he's been through? No. Uh-uh. You're grounded. That's. You want to live in my house? That's not how you're coming home. That's what I would say. All right, Pete, what do you think? What do I you think have? she I think she absolutely nailed every line in this scene. Check and mate. Simple. <laughs> she got him. He was shut down. He was tired. He should have at a certain point in time and that and that night, he should have been like, All right, it's late. She's not coming home right away. I need to go to bed. Because mm-hmm. he's had a rough what couple days yeah almost like get some rest dude you'll have that conversation at least be on point in the morning right exactly and he cares enough to be up there for his daughter who's supposed to come home no who's the better person here bosh okay variety okay she is she is a young adult now i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of come between you two guys she's a young adult she has a job she's working on an important case um, so if, yeah, maybe she stayed out later on purpose. She has feelings. She's confused about these feelings. She has a lot of fear with what just went down with her dad. And she's trying, I think a lot of it is coping. It, it may seem disrespectful or, oh, you should have come right home and seen your dad. But you know what? He called her. She knew he was safe, but she's trying to deal with all these feelings. She's, it's not like she's some petulant child. She is a young adult who is figuring out life. And is trying to cope. I mean, can you imagine? Like guy. You're right. You're right. That's right, Jay. You heard it. It's me, Tracy versus you now. No. It's fine, man. I'll take that battle all day. I'm not siding with either one of you completely, but I can see where she's coming from. And I can see how hard it must be to even navigate her feelings. Like you, like Jay, you act like it's so intentional what she did. Is it? I don't know. You don't even come in and give him a hug? You're not there right away? No. No. Those are intentional choices. Okay. Well, he's intentionally sitting there in the dark, drinking. Waiting and, for his daughter to come home. Yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't get right up to go to the door either. I'm trying I'm playing both sides. Yeah, that's right. 
Oh my God. Twitter, please let her know exactly how wrong she is. Thank you. Appreciate that. It's a passionate subject, man. So yeah, we, we definitely weigh in because we need to need to hear some other thoughts on this. So you you brought it up, Jay. Tom watch. You brought it up. There is a scene with Tom this episode. I deleted it's... that scene. <laughs> My favorite scene. I deleted it. It's it's uh, before Harry arrives home and and Maddie is stumbling across the article, and he walks in, and you know she's looking at it and she said it's not true. You know, and what does he say, Pete? Do you remember? Oh, no, I do not. He just says okay. He doesn't try to battle her on it like, well, you know, our CIU is trying to figure that out for sure or anything. Now, you know, now is, he just is says, it, is it wrong that? During that scene, I didn't really focus on that part, and I focused more on the part when he was like, hey, you left early, and she was like, yeah, I had to go, and he was like, she's like, I had a good time, though, and he was like, until you didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, that was definitely a big part of the conversation, but I did think I did think it was interesting that he just said, okay, he didn't try to give his opinion on the situation. I, I give him a little bit of props for that. Jay's shaking his head, folks. So, but then, yeah, he does bring up the party, and she does apologize for leaving without saying something. Um, you know, she had her reasons. We know what was going on, but you know, she she knows enough that she should should apologize. Now, now, let me ask you a question. Actually, I got perfect timing. Okay. okay. So now, I felt that what she did was pretty rude, and was not nice. You know, she should have at least told him she was leaving and give him a reason why, and not just make him go looking for. Her. We don't know if he went looking for her or not, right? Okay. Yeah, we don't know. But now, but now he's back, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, you had to leave. That that stunk. Like, oh gosh, you know, like, I, shouldn't he be mad? Shouldn't he have been like, yo, what's that about? That's not cool. Like, you know, maybe I'll talk to you later now.' Well, here's the deal. Here's where here's what I think. A good question, Pete. I think that Tom, he's been trying to impress her all along, trying to almost like puff up what he knows at the office and his position and his experience. And I think in this scene, we just see that he's just a, you know, a regular guy who got his feelings hurt. You know, he's not going to, I think we see more of who he really is in this scene than we have before. You know, he's, he's just kind of. A regular, a regular nice guy. Sorry, Jay. Your turn. (laughs) Yeah, we'll let you talk a little bit, Jay. Go ahead. You can no. have something brewing. No, I I have no comment to this ridiculousness. He's hating Tom. He's a terrible Tom. human being. Terrible what did he do human wrong? being. What did he do terrible wrong? To, what did he do wrong? Excuse me. Excuse me. Did you not say we didn't see him go look for her? No, because he is probably too busy with another chick at the party. Oh, no. Jay, you're oh, just making up stuff. He thinks Tom's a player. <laughs> Objection, speculation. <laughs> Overruled. Um ah, okay. Hashtag Tomgate. It just goes on and on. All right. Um, let's talk about this rescue mission. Harry and Jay Edgar go to Lewis Degner's house. Cool scene. Cool scene. It. And you know what, Jay? I was thinking of about you when I watched this on my rewatch because when <laughs> when Lewis goes to the door, you know, he's like, hey, you know, he says, hey, Dominic Riley, I immediately identified where Harry was wearing his badge, uh, which <laughs> side, <laughs> which side he was wearing it on his right side because, man, Lewis, 
zoned in on yep. that. Yep, yep. <laughs> that was classic. Poor guy. So, yeah, he, he changed his tune really yeah, I was quickly. Say, did you ever see somebody so happy? Get so know. sad so quick. Like, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> he even had to take off his jaunty little hat. He was like, this is not good. So, but they grill him on where Elizabeth is because he's the one who picked her up. Um, and gave her a ride back to L.A. And they find out from him that she's probably at this scumbag doctor's office trying to get her next fix um, by, you know, it sounds like an exchange of sexual favors. So it's, uh, yeah, we already do not like this. I don't even want to call him a doctor. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. He goes by Chemical Ali. <laughs> <laughs> My only regret is that Harry didn't punch him. Right? Oh, it Thank came you. close. It right. came it close. close. The best the best part of that scene was when he's like, I got your badge numbers. And Jagger goes, yeah, Edgar, boss, Hollywood. We'll be looking forward for your call. <laughs> best, best, best. Like, You're yes. right. So they just go to the clinic. They buzz. Oh, we're closed. And um, they're like, nope, too bad. Police. They show their badges. He comes in um, and greet, you know, meets them at the door, tries to shake their hand. They're not having any of that. Forget that. <laughs> He's got his, he's a little disheveled, his shirt tail's hanging out. And, I mean, they know what's been going on. And they immediately uh, search and, and rescue Liz. And he's still, I mean, he's caught red-handed. And he's still trying to talk about patient right. care right. and confidentiality. And that's when Bosch slams him against the wall. And, um, yeah, boom. But wasn't that illegal what he was doing? Shouldn't they have arrested him, like, right in there on the spot? Um, I was I was waiting for it and it never happened. I was like, oh, maybe I don't know. Was why. what the, the got what the doctor was doing was illegal or their search was illegal? Well, you, you can't pay for medicine with sexual favors. I'm pretty sure that's illegal, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> I I mean that just wasn't their priority. I'm sure they're going to make sure he goes down for. That's everything. why I'm wondering if we're going to see him again in oh. handcuffs in the future episode. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah. I, I just think they made it very clear that their concern was for Liz and her safety, you know, and, and rescuing her. Yeah, they'll, they'll make sure he's shut down forever. Um, so they do uh, get her out, take her to Charlie Company for the night. Um, Bosch says goodbye to her there and just really, you know, implores her to get clean for Daisy. Um, he leaves and Jerry has been waiting for him the whole time. Again, good partner, good friend. Um he he brings a little bit of, you know, dose of reality to the situation because he tells Harry that she'll have she will have to want to get clean for it to work. Yeah. You know, I mean, Bosch, he does want to rescue people and take care of them and bring justice for his victims. But, you know, she has a, a role in this as well. Were you going to say something, Jay? The, that whole thing was tough to watch. The whole yeah. thing. And, yeah. you know, you're kind of there rooting for just like Harry is. But, you know, the odds aren't great. Yeah. <sighs> the, de- the deck is definitely, you know, stacked yep. against her. But we all we can do is hope. Um, so a couple other scenes that I wanted to talk about. We have a scene where the chief offers um, District Attorney Hines the idea of not filing in the officer-involved shooting. Um, even though, you know, we know that there's been some previous encounter or counters with Robson and Vasquez, he kind of plays the line of you can this will be good for your career. You can still mm-hmm. look like you're fair and impartial or whatever um, to your 
your people. And he reminds her that her people are also the police. So I think basically he wants her to not file and let the police handle it. Um, um, so he's a smooth operator, that guy. Oh, that yeah. Chief, he is yeah. a smooth operator. Uh-huh. Now, speaking of smooth operator <laughs> with the chief, he goes and meets with Captain Cooper <laughs> and Grace Billets to find out what happened. And he is. He's smooth operator. What happened? What's the timeline? I need to know what happened here. They each give their spiel. I find it very interesting that Captain Cooper, his approach is very much reminders of we followed protocol and mm-hmm. you know insinuating that they did the mm-hmm. right thing uh billets just gets down to the facts you know she's mm-hmm. de- she's defending her position but she's just trying to give the facts you know yeah in a way that you know makes sense and is is uh that she won't get in trouble but i mean she cuts to the chase and and you you just kind of see captain cooper squirming in his seat trying to say the right things instead of trying to say what happened but even still Irving can see through it. He knows there's more to it. Um, he calls them on it. He's like, okay, I thank you. I've listened. Thank you for telling me all that. Now, what really happened? You know, and he has a few choice words. And mm-hmm. and he drops the Irving stare. Did you notice that? that <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was almost yeah. the same look that he gave yeah. Mayor Ramos last season. Yeah. yeah. So it yeah. came out again. I love um, that guy. I love yeah. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. His his delivery is is amazing. Um, he he can. It's just it just amazes me how he can play the smooth operator, you know, uh, have just trying to you know, political prowess, whatever, you know, saying keeping his cool, and then just all right, you know, when he means business, the chief crate. There's a little funny scene. He goes to billets <laughs> asking for some money. <laughs> Give me that Cino. Operators. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. For, for oh, Barrel's retirement party. And yeah, uh, yeah he, he uses the leverage of being put into caps. Like, well, you know, I think you owe us. So he gets her to chip in $100. Um, Mank shares a drink with Barrel. And instead of just sharing a drink with two buddies, Barrel gets kind of aggravated. Kinda, he kinda, Mank is kind of a buzzkill because he's like, hey, how are you going to pay for everything once you retire? You know? <laughs> What, so what what second what job are you going to pick up you know crossing, crossing guard off. yeah <laughs> what are you going to do and and you know barrel's just like hey i thought we were just going out you know to have a drink and hang out um jay edgar thinks bo jonas is hiding out at crosley's church they have a little um encounter there as crosley's bringing some groceries hmm, into the church but then Ta-da! All of a sudden, he realizes they're perishable. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go to the church. I need to take these home. Okay. Um, what was he thinking? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Pierce and Vega, they uh, talk to Hart um, and tell him slowly but surely they build up their case. They show him drawing. Who's this? Okay, this guy picked you out of a lot of... Okay, your DNA was on this. Basically, they mm-hmm. you know, tell him they've got him with the DNA on the ski mask. And he is just um, like not responsive. That guy says as few words as possible in an interrogation. And he's just deny, deny, deny. Who's that? Who's that supposed to be? You know, ah, man, but they got him. They got his DNA. So everything, you know, goes down on the plane. Walsh and Vardy 
and the guy who goes by the sheriff, <laughs> they have to hightail it out of the camp. So they're on the run. They even see the police coming into the camp, you know, and they're on the run. They're talking about going to Canada. I think they've got some fake passports. So um, they're kind of up in the air, but they are nervous that Harry is out there. As they should be. Yes, they should be for good reason. So, um, and then one of the last things we see um, is Harry talking to Officer Sanchez, who was the corrections officer in the confession of Omer. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how he had a hard time holding the pen. And he's like, well, the guy didn't hold the pen for him, but he did wipe it off so he could get a better grip. And Bosch is like, what do you do with that? You know, how, or what did he wipe it with? Paper towel? Nope. Handkerchief. Hmm. What do you do with it? Um, you know, do you throw it out, put it back? Or do you put it in a paper bag? And the guy's like, how'd you know about the paper bag? And he's like, MRSA. You know, I'd burn that thing, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, that is coming together. We know what was going on there, how they managed to get the DNA. And then just, uh, I think one other thing I, I would bring up is that um, the DDA Alex Kennedy that's working with Christina Henry and Ed Sung, he approaches her about that article. Everyone's trying to figure out who gave the information to Scott Anderson. So she says it was not her. She insists she didn't do it. Um, and, and we did see her in the episode prior. She refused to speak with Scott Anderson. So well, I think we can believe her. Um, but she, yeah, she says, no, it's, it's not her. And, of course, they're still trying to track down Terry Spencer. So I think, like we said, that Honey Chandler thinks that, she, that the Cronins probably have him at one of their properties um, just locked away somewhere to keep him quiet for now. But they're still trying to figure out where he is. So a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. So lots of questions remaining. What's going to happen with Liz? What's going to happen? Are they going to find... Terry Spencer or Maddie and Bosch going to work things out. Ah, lots of stuff. So, interrogation room. I'm going to go first. My question for you guys. Dun, dun, dun. When Honey Chandler has that phone call with um, Bosch, asking, he's just arrived, arriving back home, and she's like, where have you been? He explains the situation. He explains being upset about the article and how he almost got killed. She asks at the end, she's like, oh, that thing about the article almost getting you killed... That was hyperbole, I hope. And he doesn't really answer. But what was your take on her saying that? Was that appropriate? Was that about her caring about Bosch? Or was that about her just trying to feel better about the situation herself? Hmm. I took it as maybe some genuine concern. Okay. Maybe because I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. That could be too. Yeah. But I took that as some genuine concern, like, because, I mean, they have a kind of tumultuous history, mm-hmm. um, but they also have a mutual respect, I think, for one another in a way, okay. uh, that I think there's got to be some genuine care behind that. How about you, Pete? I think with their history, you know, your nemesis becomes, you know, your best friend sometimes, and they're friends. They're friends forever. I think in future seasons, we might see them just out having... A meal, just okay. discussing stuff. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that. That's my prediction. Okay. Prediction. We're gonna <laughs> see Honey Chandler and Harry Bosch sharing a lunch or a dinner, just as two friends next season. Okay. All right. Write it down. Make a note. 
I'm I'm a little bit different from you guys. I was a little more to me it seemed a little more selfish. Like she wanted to wrap the phone call up and feel better about the situation. She seems like the type of person who, you know, wants to get all her ducks in a row and wants to have everything fixed and taken care of. And I think she wanted to feel better about the situation. I do think that she she cared about him. But when someone says that emotion, you know, that almost got me killed. I don't think you bring it up again. If anything, you just apologize. You know, I mean, apologize. I don't know that she, at this point, we don't know, you know, just does, does she need to apologize for it. But she could say, I hate that that happened, you know, but, but to say, but to question him, was it, was it really, was it really that bad? Was it really that bad of a situation? He just told you it was, you know, to me, it was kind of like doubting him. I didn't like it. Mm. Sounds like that's just me. It is. It is. Jason hates Honey Chandler. Right. (laughs) That's terrible. I did not say that. I I did not say that. I did not like the comment. Um. All right. So, what questions do you guys have for the interrogation room? We got Pete. We got. Okay. I have a really good question this week. Like I think outside the box all the time, and I think of what ifs. So here is my main what if. We see that. Chief Urban Irvin is slowly changing his himself, and we see he's making a lot of questionable decisions. And I even noticed when he walked through the hallway, how everybody was like moving out of the way for him, and he had like a little strut going on. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I was like, this guy, this guy carries himself in a certain way. What if, what if somehow, because Bosch doesn't care who it is. When he feels like somebody's been involved in stuff, Bosch doesn't care. What if they set up Irvin to make the heel turn and become the bad guy for season six, right? Hypothetically, think mm-hmm. about it. Let your mind open up. How would you take if Irvin was the main bad guy for season six going up against Bosch? Since we all love Irvin. So mm-hmm. we love the Chief. So mm-hmm. I, want, I want to know how. I, I mean, I could adapt to him. And probably hate him pretty quickly because he's that great of an actor to pull it off instantly. The mm-hmm. way he carries himself, he can go either way, I feel. And I've seen him in other shows, too, so it helps. But I want to know what you guys think. I think I would feel similar to the way I felt when Harry was pushing the boundaries in season three. Um, you know, at the point where J. Edgar... And he or not, you know, Jagger's not even sure he wants to be his partner. I didn't like seeing Harry like that as a, you know, sort of a bad guy making bad choices. It made me extremely uncomfortable. Um, so I think if if that did happen, I think I would it would just make me really uncomfortable and like, oh, no, there's he's got to fix this or, you know, they got to find out he's not really that bad, you know, or whatever. I, I would have a hard time. Um, with it, but it certainly would be compelling. I give you that. How about you, Jay? Uh, I would hate it all the way up until the end when we realized that he really wasn't the bad guy. He was just super duper undercover for something else. <laughs> exactly. And he comes, out, yeah. and he comes out as the hero at the end there of season six. And now, now they have to rewrite season six because we just <laughs> aired it all out. <laughs> blew it up for them. Damn it, they knew our plan. <laughs> Got to start from scratch, writers. <laughs> well, what Give do us you more peers. More peers. <laughs> right. Save the merce. What do you think, Pete? What's your answer to your question? Um, How- I, I, th- I would, I would love him as a bad guy, but I would love it because I hated him. Like, kind of like I feel about Walsh and these. Once these, once a good bad guy, a Negan, a Walsh, you know, 
an Irvin when he can when he if he is a bad guy. I felt like I would adapt to it instantly, and it would be easy to hate him but love him in the same aspect. I would hate him because he's going up against my Bosch. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's my chief Irvin. You know what I mean? So, I know. I know. But, I hear you. He, if he's going into politics and he becomes the mayor, uh, you know there ain't something where he has to come down on Bosch and he plans something. You know who knows? I, I have stories for days, people. That's all I'm gonna <laughs> say. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What do you have, Jay? Um, my question is um, it, all the way from start to where we are now. We see so many people affected in so many different ways that my question is maybe kind of two parts. <clears throat> Who's the most hurt right now? Or maybe even hurt isn't the right word. Maybe emotionally affected by everything. And who will end up being the most hurt? And I bring this up because, I mean, we see the Maddie Bosch relationship, Jay Agar, who's going out of his way, Crate and Barrel now, who are going through all this nonsense and are going to be crossing guards. Uh, Lieutenant, who <laughs> who is going to have to cover her ass now because of everything that's happened. The chief, who's working all these different angles. Uh, Honey Chandler in a huge case. Uh, I mean, er- everybody's got something going on. This is a show where, like, no one is left behind. Somebody's mm-hmm. got something going on, and none of it's really great. So who's the most affected now, and who do you think is going to end up the most affected when this is all said and done? Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, touche, touche. It's a close draw between Tom and Peanut, but um, <laughs> no, I would say I, I think I was thinking as you were talking, I would have to say Maddie, just because of her, primarily because of her age and lack of experience with life. She is a young adult and she's facing more adult things, and but she and you know I know you were a little critical Jay of how she handled things, but she doesn't have that experience of navigating you know, tragedy. I mean, she does with her mom, of course, but I mean, she doesn't have as much experience with navigating, you know, tough stuff in life as, you know, as her dad and other adults that are older. Um, I think she's still figuring out who she is. So I, everyone does have a lot at stake. It's a very good question. But, um, but on the other hand, as I say that, I think she has the most opportunity to change her future, I guess, you know, so you can look at it in a positive way, but, but Maddie, that'd be my answer. What do you think, Pete? Definitely Maddie right now. She just lost her mom and in her mind, because we, we learned the way she thinks in her mind, she almost lost her dad. So for yeah. her, she's like, Oh my God, I almost lost the two most important people to me in a very small amount of time. And my dad's still on active duty doing this and he's a maniac so it's probably going to happen a bunch more times you know that's why she asked the question mm-hmm. because that's the way she thinks in our head like not how many people have you killed that's how many times I almost lost you yeah how many times so, am I going to have to worry about that yeah yeah but I think in the long run Jay Edgar is going to be hurt the most because he's got a lot on his plate and he's running around for okay. Bosch and Bosch has Maddie and everybody has somebody in their immediate grasp and you even see chief urban has somebody everybody has somebody right now jay egger is kind of alone and a kind of a lone wolf i I mean he's he's... still got a lot with tanya latanya they still have a solid foundation of support 
but he, he they don't live together, right? No. That's yeah, yeah, what I'm saying. Like, he doesn't have somebody where he can go home and just blow off some steam, you know, and everybody has somebody, I feel. And he's he's got so much on his plate with this whole situation. And he had to run around ragged for Bosch to do all those things to be just a great partner slash brother. That's true. That's true. And mm-hmm. now and now he goes home and he, he can't even really, you know, you you can't just go home and tell somebody about it. You know, I'm sure he could he could call Latanya and she'll listen to him at any time. But if mm-hmm. he gets home at midnight, is he really going to wake her up at 12:30 at night, one o'clock in the morning? I don't think it's a J. Edgar style. You know, so I don't know. I see. I mean, I see your your point. All right, Jay, how do you answer your own question? I think it's Bosch himself. Okay. I think it's Bosch himself. Uh, I think. Uh, I think Maddie's a good answer. I kind of agree, but I also think she's also kind of young, plenty of time to make adjustments, whatever. Okay. Um, probably strong enough to to get through. I even like the Jay Edgar answer because I considered him too because he's doing all this stuff and he could have lost a partner and he did just lose a wife and he did just lose a childhood friend. So, but yeah. Bosch, Bosch is so old school he's so set in his ways like he's not gonna adjust who he is um and like uh, when maddie asked him the question like how many people have you killed and he was like why would you even ask me that like you mm-hmm. could tell like it's going to catch up to him you yeah know I mean? so yeah yeah i like it good answer good answer all right it's time for persons of interest do, do, do. pete is going uh, first. All right. I, I have to go first because I only have one. <laughs> I hear the name. I know that it's important. Talk to me and tell me about Spencer. What does he got? What does he know? Is he, you know, like, I want to know. I want to hear his version of everything. And I want to see if he comes around and ends up, you know, doing the right thing. Uh, are you skeptical that, that maybe it's not, didn't go down the way we think it does oh, no, so far? I, 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 honestly, I'm, this is a perfect time to talk about this. I felt yeah. like both our cases are pretty much solved in my mind. So we're done with episode eight, with episodes nine and ten left. That's mm-hmm. a lot of TV time to to close up loose ends. So when I'm watching this show, I mean, we I finished obviously, but yeah. when I was live and I made these little mental notes, I said at this point, I can't wait to episode eight in the podcast because I want to ask them what they thought was going to happen in episodes, you know, like in 9 and 10, because I felt like, you know, we should have been in episode 9 here with these mm-hmm. cases being solved in my mind, but we have two episodes left to really show. I'm so excited to see what happens next. That's really yeah. what it's down to. Okay. There's, there's a lot of time left. So what are they going to build? Are they building towards next year? Is they going to get expanded? Is a whole episode going to be them in the courtroom? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I was, uh, I was excited at this point in time in the season. So at this point, you're anxious to see what um, what Spencer's role will be, Terry Spencer's role will be in how the rest of the season plays out. Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? Yeah. yeah, they keep talking about him and how the, the Cronins are hiding him, and we know these people are the bad guys. Mm-hmm. So now, is Spencer a bad guy or just somebody who got caught up with the wrong crowd, mm-hmm. you know, the supporters okay. crowd? That's what okay. I want. All right. What about you, Jay? Well, I have not watched 9 and 10 yet. No, I have oh. not watched nine and ten oh, yet. So oh, I am live good. where we are. Where we are. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. Um, and uh, for me, because I feel like 
I feel like Maddie's going to be okay. I think the Chief is going to navigate through stuff. I think Honey Chandler will win the case one way, shape, or form. I think the, the thing that I'm worried about or inter- is the guy Walsh. He's a bad dude. Harry wants some revenge, and deservedly so, that he's, he's kind of my question mark. What's going to happen there? What's, what is he going to do? What is Bosch going to do? Where is there going to be a final clash? And if there is, how does it go? That's, so that's, as much that's, as they, they see Harry as a loose end, you're concerned about Walsh being a loose end. It correct. sounds like. Yeah. Okay. That's funny because when I saw this, when I saw that, I was like this episode, I was like, you're never going to see those guys again. Those guys are going to Canada. And... Don't tell me. Don't tell me because. Well, he doesn't know. He's speculating. Pete doesn't. No, he's not saying he knows. No, I'm saying when I was watching the episode, I was like, yeah. you're never going to see these guys again. They're going to go to Canada. They might reappear in, in a later season as a main bad guy because now you have a history. But I thought that that was pretty close cut, that that part was done with with, with them yeah. at that point in the season. That's yeah. it. They're gone. So I'm going to be disappointed. Be <laughs> you may disappointed never see them again, Jay. I don't know. I'm going to be really disappointed if I never see them again. <laughs> um, okay. I chose Billets this episode. Um, it just reminded me how much she's juggling this season and it's really highlighting her her leadership skills her managerial skills making those tough calls and you know because for in one season it's very much focused on her wanting to be captain then there's another season where it's focused on her being interim captain and saying she didn't really like that as much now she's like she's in her element i think she knows this is where she wants to be she's very effective and um, just trying to juggle that timing with the risks involved with Harry, seeing that article, um, but having held off until then in hopes of not blowing his cover or putting him in danger, but then saying, okay, now he, someone else has put him in danger. You know, she's just, I don't know how she keeps all the, you know, balls in the air. Because she's amazing. Well, her, true that. True. Her job stinks. All right. This whole season, she's been dragged through the mud and just trying to stay above it. And she's doing a great job. But my heart goes out to her, man. Come on. Like, can we just show her on vacation? You know what I'm saying? (laughs) She's like on the beach, relaxing, enjoying herself. Like, you deserve it. There you go. You heard it here, writer. Season six, we we want want Billets to have a little bit of a a vacation. Maybe something something tropical. Yeah, a little R&R. I like that, Pete. Yeah, I mean, she's she. It's a hard job, and she's really good at it. And um, and she has to put up with so much BS, you know, from all different angles. I mean, For even sure. her, even her colleague sometimes, Lieutenant right. Thorne, you know, is trying to play the game with the captain and stuff, and she's more of a straight shooter. It's just, yeah, good job, Billet. Um, okay, for our evidence locker, I think the big thing we find out is that. You know, we know the handkerchief was used to dry the pen. That's how they got the, the you know, the skin cells and DNA and, you know, made that um, come He's to light. He's so, if you ask me. <laughs> there you go. For Pete, it's a done deal. Slam Any, dunk. Anything else that uh, we need to point out for that so. section? Okay. So. All right. Well, we did get a little feedback on our tip line from Anne. I'll read what she has to say. Um, 
So much going on in this episode for me. As relieved as I was that Harry came through his undercover safely, I just found the whole episode incredibly sad. Elizabeth just makes me want to weep. We readers have some insight not yet revealed in season five. As relieved as Maddie is, there's so much tension, anger, unease between Harry and Maddie. And there's no one to help them through it. Without Eleanor as a go-between, the two of them are just raw nerve endings. It's just painful and sad. Wow, that's that's a really good um, description there, Anne. Raw nerve endings. That I think that's very, yeah, that's a very good description of the two of them. They are so much alike. And, um, yeah, wow. So I have to agree with you, Anne. Good, good points. Um, definitely some tough stuff there. And uh, and I have to I have to read my my sister teacher statement here. Oh, to, did you? I, yeah, sister teacher. Okay. Yeah, because when you guys were were uh, blabbing about how great Tom was, I <laughs> I wrote her a uh, email and I said, "Listen, dang it, I need feedback right now because I can't deal with these two. And she's like, "All right, here you go." <laughs> I, actually, no, she had a really busy day. She said, and she got her feedback in. Just last minute, but just in time, and we appreciate it. But she said, uh, let's start with Jerry showing more and more to be like Harry. The opening scene was him um, at the police station with the woman who was arrested. uh, And uh, must say her mood was calm with him, despite him asking all those questions. And at no point did he ask any uh, with her, which would have given the possibility of blowing Harry's cover. Uh, And then when she woke up and he was still in the chair, and we kind of talked about this, it demonstrated his commitment uh, to finding the location and having his back. Uh, and then when Harry was on the plane, of course, she was on the edge of her seat biting my nails. I'm with you. I don't have any left myself. Uh, yes. And she prayed that Harry would return alive without injury. Just, you know, a little scratch, no big deal. Uh, during the fight, she was so anxious, but believed Harry was not going to go down with the fight. And he survived and won, so she was happy. Um, uh, happy when she got to the front of the plane, picked up the CB and made the call to go home. That's, I think, when she uh, felt the best about it. He was now safe. Uh, and then when he spoke to the DEA agent, uh, she just laughed when it remind when uh, he reminded him of how, you know, they just minimized that investigation. It was nothing. Uh, and then, of course, she brings up Chief Irving being very serious, not pulling any punches. And uh, how he had some character while he discussed with the captain and billets about the undercover operation. Uh, and she does not believe Jerry and Harry will receive any consequences for any of this because Harry did save the day. And uh, she said, I would still love to be watch commander Sergeant Mankovich. That's it. Okay. I like it. Thank you. at sister teacher. You always have great things to share and we appreciate you taking the time to do that. All right. I, I also have user feedback um, from oh. our Twitter user, Mr. Sports Dog. He says, Jay, you're absolutely wrong. I agree with <laughs> Pete and Tracy. Tom is a great guy. Thank you, Mr. Sports Dog. Always a great listener and a value. And for, and for those of you who have been trying to find Pete on Twitter, um, his handle is at Mr. Sports Dog. <laughs> That's a D A double G. There you go. Sports Dog. Yeah. Sports Dog. <laughs> All right. All so right. listen. It's trivia time, right? It is, yes. Okay, but somehow during this podcast, Jay already answered part of the trivia question somehow. Whoops. Which means I've been doing my job 
by having you guys watch the episode harder. So, I have one trivia question. It's plain and simple. When Bosch first got back and Jay Egger hands him his phone and he takes out his phone, he has a certain amount of missed calls from people. Who are the people and how many missed calls per person? Um, can I say something about this question? Okay. Uh, oh, shoot. Hold on. Let me pull it up. I, oh, hold, hold on. Let me get to the freeze. No, 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 no. Uh, we had, a, we had a listener submit some questions for this episode. Joe. Same question. Joe, a.k.a. J. Antelope online. How many did Bosch have on his phone when he turned on the phone after he arrived at the airport? So I have the answer here, and I have how many from each person. So, Tracy, if you want to guess, go ahead. Yeah, but this I, is for Tracy now. I happen to know this answer <clears throat> completely. <clears throat> I'm going to say four from Maddie, two from Honey. Is that it? That's Anybody? all I got, Jay. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, all right, Jay. well, I have 11 total. Five yes. from Maddie, two from Billets, two from Honey Chandler, and two from the Chief. Ah, the Chief. Wow, good question. That was a tough one. Is a tough unfortunately, one. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Jay's counting blueberries and you know making a lot of calls. He's got people giving him prep questions to. Yeah, he's got Joe feeding trivia. Yeah, that's Joe. No, but great job, Joe. I like it. He thought like me. That's you yeah. You're on the same page. Can I say? Do you yeah, it was. It was yo, I'm surprised, and like I said, great job, Joe. Great job. Yeah, I like he, uh, he's got a couple other. If you if you guys would like them, why not? Uh, what's the name of the restaurant Walsh and the gang were eating at? Oh, man. I, I didn't even notice a sign. Wow. I didn't remember a sign at all. I, 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 it was like on the tip of my tongue, but I thought, I thought about it for a second. Like I, I look at signs and stuff and try to pick out numbers. You guys know that. And I can't mm. remember it. Nothing. I've got nothing, Joe. Big la la <laughs> si man man mana 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 I don't know how you pronounce it <laughs> Anya but I don't know uh, how many police cars and this number sounds low to me uh, so I'm interested to see what you guys say how many police cars passed Walsh after he and the other two left the compound four four dang all right you guys are good all right last one. <laughs> What yeah. is the name of the business across the street from Hollywood Division? And bonus points if you know the address. This one I did know because there was a scene like where it was like plain as day in this one with the address and everything. So I, I know exactly where he picked us up from. I'm stumped. Stumped. Oh, Good job, Joe. Uh, it is uh, Central uh, Central Jail Bail Bonds, address 1359 Wilcox. Mm, I do remember seeing Central Bail Bonds, yep. All right, I've got one for you. Oh, right. crap. What was the Six. scumbag doctor's license plate? Oh, Oxydoc. Oxydoc, right, or something? Or... Doc, close. Docky-ox. Docky-ox. yep. Yeah, that's funny because I actually I was gonna um some trivia questions that I thought of was the billboards for the clinic. There was phone numbers and times of the uh, yeah yeah hours. yeah yeah. But it was it was, it was, it was on Sundays. 
Yeah, they, they showed it too much. They showed it too much that I was like, this is obvious. Like, you know, Jay and Trace are going to write this down right now because they don't got to pause it to get it down. Like, low-priced low prescriptions, 10 to 5, Monday through Saturday, closed this, on uh, Sundays. This this episode, I did pause every bleeping license plate I could find. Every license? And I was going to ask. Single one. Like, I, I, have, I have them all. I, I was going to ask the one question. That's great because I was going to ask the one question about what was um, Edgar and Bosch's license plate because if you pause it, you could see it very blurry. But I already asked the license plate question, yeah. so I had to change it up. 8Q49355. See? Range Rover in the getaway car, 9Q49905. <laughs> the van, 2GEE645. <laughs> All right, just, last trivia question. Just in case you were last wondering. Question. How many yeah. of those numbers have you called, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> None of them. None of them. None. <laughs> Zero. All right. Well, we have a great interview coming up next with Jacqueline Oberdor, who plays Detective Christina Vega. Anything else from you guys? Good stuff. I'm looking forward to Maddie and Tom's wedding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. If, if, if Irving could be a bad guy... Tom and Maddie could get married. I mean, and Bill is on vacation. Um, we're Bill writing season vacation. six as we go, people. That's it. <laughs> New thing. All right. Thanks, guys. It was fun. Good Sweet. night. Pleasure as always. Bye. Bye bye. Later. Hey, this is Jacqueline Overdoors. I play Christina Vega on Bosch season five. And you're listening to the Everybody Count podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Tracy Phillips, and I'm representing the Everybody Count podcast. And so we talk about all the episodes and interview some of the cast. Occasionally we get into the books a little bit, but very much uh, Bosch centric. So, first of all, welcome. To the cast this season. I hope that's been a great experience Thanks. for you. Thank um, you. Yeah, it's been it's been amazing. So, kind of my first question was maybe about comparing being new to the cast versus playing a character who's new to Hollywood division. Which one maybe was? Can you compare those, or was one or the other more palpable? Like, did you feel the newness of being new to the Bosch set? more or did you feel it more in your character i definitely felt it more um coming in on set not okay. putting on the uniform just took me back i, I played a detective on nypd blue for four yes. years mm -hmm. and so so that was very familiar going to wardrobe okay. and doing all of that stuff and uh so coming on set, it was a new set, and even by the end, I still couldn't get my way off the stage. It was, I was like, <laughs> which way? <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it was yeah. a little bit tricky, so I felt uh, I needed a little bit of an escort there till the end. But um, it, but really, it was just a question of being on a new set, but but everybody made me feel so welcome that um, right. you know, there was, there was nothing intimidating about that at all. It was really just navigating the, the physical set, I would say. Yeah, but we'll just, okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> well, I'm kind of curious if, is Christina keeping some of her cards close to the vest? Cause I, I kind of get the feeling there's a lot more to learn about her. Is that a fair assessment? 
I would certainly agree with you, Tracy. Okay. Um, you know, I have to tell you, I don't have a whole lot of um, insight other than what you have seen on the screen, other okay. than maybe a couple of scenes that uh, maybe didn't make the cut. Um, okay. But I was um, I was really pleased to see um, by the end the the last script was just felt a bit of a departure as far as what you had seen with uh, my character um, throughout mm -hmm. um, season five. At the very end, when I got it, I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm a smoker," and uh -huh. you know, um, and then I had a little bit of a hot temper there at the end. Yeah, and mm -hmm. um, you know, there was just some stuff going on that was that definitely made me feel that there's a lot more to delve into, um, and I was very excited about that. It, it felt good and let my hair down at the bar, you know, it was like kind of a different, <laughs> yeah, kind of a different yeah. vibe, vibe going there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that okay. was, that's really, yeah, that's what I can and tell you. How would you describe <laughs> um, what, uh, what Vega admires so much about Harry Bosch? Oh my gosh. Well, his reputation precedes him, uh, clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just, uh, he's amazing at what he does. And mm -hmm. I, I think um, uh, Vega's very happy to be at least in the same uh, vicinity with him. Maybe some of that mm -hmm. will rub off. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. also, I think, I, think, I think a lot of detectives like to push the envelope a bit when necessary. And okay. um, he, he certainly takes things into his own hands um, with, with good results most of the time. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think he's uh, he's pretty inspiring as far as a, a detective, someone to um, to look up to for sure. Okay, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> um, what yeah. Vega, what does Vega think of Pierce so far? Is she still sizing him up? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I think so a little bit. I love Juwan. He's just he's just the sweetest <laughs> sweetest guy. Um, and his character is, is pretty sweet as well. I think, I think Vega, um, thinks he's maybe a little too sweet at times. Um, okay. there was actually a scene, a scene that we shot in the bar, um, that I did not see on, um, you know, maybe it'll be in outtakes or something, but I didn't see okay. it in the final, in the final, um, episode, uh, mm -hmm. where I'm at the bar, um, with Paul Calderon's character with Robertson and, and just yeah. talking about him and. I'm just talking about how nice he is. He's just so nice, you uh -huh. know. And I think that's um, Vega. Maybe just doesn't quite get that. <laughs> he doesn't okay. have much of an edge to him and stuff. But um, oh, at okay. the same time, mm -hmm. uh, it's been it's been lovely as far as working together. Um, they seem to have a good rapport and, and good chemistry mm -hmm. together. And and I think uh, the the most interesting thing. Um, I find about what the writers decided to do was, was, uh, yes, I'm new to homicide, but I am a D2 and he's a mm -hmm. D1. Yeah. So I outrank him, but he's been in homicide longer than I have. Um, but Vega definitely knows her stuff and has a yeah. lot of experience and, um, by no means feels inferior, uh, to Pierce's character. Right. So I mm -hmm. think at times there can be a, a bit of a power struggle there. Yeah. Um, example, when I first came in, you know, and he's talking about, okay, yeah, we got to do this. We got to write the warrant and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, uh -huh. okay, let me know when you're done with that. 
you know, and just probably took yeah. him a little bit by surprise there. And I don't think, yeah. uh, you know, my character, uh, Vega didn't mean it menacingly. It was just kind of like, you know, I'm going to get my desk set up and, you know, you get on that and, uh, you know, we'll meet up right. here in a minute when, you know, get our ducks in a row. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it took him a little by surprise. Yes. Yes. The, the look on his face. Yeah. And maybe even the viewers, you know, because we, you know, the viewers know Pierce more, you know, if you make certain assumptions, but I think it really is an yeah. interesting dynamic that the writers set up because you're not quite sure, well, who pulls rank here and who, you know, who makes the call here, you know? So it was really fun right. seeing them get to know each other this season and, and working together. And they do seem like a very effective team. So I, I think, I think it's going well, so would be my vote. Thanks, Tracy. It feels good. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think most viewers might look at that, too, because Pierce is so endearing and has been yeah. on since day one. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can understand that. Um, but hopefully viewers will give Vega a fair shake <laughs> and oh, yeah. not judge her too, too harshly from the get-go. We have we have had cool things to say about Vega on the podcast as, as we've gone through each episode because we do admire her her spirit her spunk you know um, and she's got skills oh, so it's it's obvious so it's good stuff. Thank well, you. Um, That's great to one hear. Of our, one of our listeners, um, N M Brown from Twitter, um, wants to know a little bit if, about differences between Vega on Bosch and Ortiz on NYPD Blue, like. Do you did you pull some things at all? Not from the character, but did you use certain things from that experience um, on Bosch, um, or were there any obvious differences you wanted to make clear? Um, I think I think perhaps um, well, clearly Vega's more seasoned, uh, has mm -hmm. been doing it for longer than mm -hmm. than Ortiz, um, and I think. Uh, I think Ortiz approached things a bit more from a harder place, um, okay. oftentimes coming in, um, not to say the person was guilty, but maybe trying mm -hmm. um, a different tactic in, in interrogations and, and stuff like that. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm trying to flavor Vega uh, in, a different, in a different way, being more seasoned, coming at it, um, treating the... Um, suspects uh, more respectfully, perhaps okay. giving okay. them a shot, um, mm -hmm. treating them in, in that way and trying to get results, you know, that way, more with the okay. the honey. Got it. Okay. That's very <laughs> interesting. Well, we've seen this great picture of, uh, of three ladies, you, Amy Quino, and Mitzi Roberts. Um, someone put that on Twitter. And it was such a great photo of, of the three of you. And I, I'm wondering what oh, kind so of... Um, tips or insights either about the show or the role did you get from either of those awesome ladies oh my gosh awesome ladies is right <laughs> I, uh, that was pretty early that was pretty early coming in and and that was in okay. between scenes and between setups mm -hmm. coming out on the street where our trailers are and um and uh yeah it was funny because we were twinning there or tripling or whatever you want to call it yeah, we're, yeah, all, we're, we're all basically there. <laughs> we're we're outfits are this are the same, you know, that boss mm -hmm. likes to get it a hundred percent right or as close as possible, which I really respect and admire and love about the show. Um yeah. which is also why I think a lot of law enforcement people really really, really like the show for that reason. They just get it right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um so those ladies are amazing, absolutely. Uh Mitzi 
is incredible. I, I met her the very first day I, I went to the studio um, to have my wardrobe fitting and meeting with um, with a couple okay. of our producers. I I then had a meeting with Mitzi um, that I thought was going to be maybe about 20 minutes. And I, I, I know it was over an hour and a half that she wow. took out of her day, like coming straight from work. She's in her suit coming from, from mm-hmm. her station and taking the time to talk to me, to answer all my questions and I had a lot of questions and she was so gracious and informative and um, giving as far as everything, as far as detective stuff, as far as wardrobe specifics, hair, you know, all, every little question I may have had. And, wow. okay. and then on top of that, giving me her cell number, reach out whenever you want, offering mm-hmm. to go on um, drive, you know, ride alongs and, yeah. uh, and the like. And she, so she was amazing in that, in that way. And I'm so grateful to her for that. And and then she actually met me on her own time. We met up at a shooting range uh-huh. and she was showing me, you know, how to load the gun and shoot the gun, okay. and, you know, all of it. And uh, okay. it was just her and I, and it was, you know, she's just so badass. I just love her Absolutely, to death. Yeah. Amazing. Uh-huh. And really, yeah. really I'm inspiring. And um, yeah, I'm a huge fan too. And it's hilarious because when I met with her, I didn't realize that Amy is really trying to emulate everything that Mitzi wears and how she, you know, all that stuff. Uh-huh. Because when I met with right. her, I was like, oh my gosh, you're, you're my, you know, inspiration. You're my muse. You're, you know, you're it. And so it's just yeah. funny because Amy's, you know, doing that, doing that too. So obviously I'm uh-huh. not going to do exactly what Amy's doing, but we all have, there's, I think there's yeah. enough of Mitzi to go around. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, I would say. We can all aspire yeah, so she's to incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. And Amy as well is awesome. And Amy, again, was just so welcoming on set and was very happy to have another female around. Um, sure. mm-hmm. And I was happy to be that female for her. Because on set, you know, it's really a lot of guys. And um, is, yeah, other yeah. than Mitzi, who <laughs> comes around, it's a lot of dude energy. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, Amy and I, Amy and I get along very well. I like her a lot. And, um, awesome. but she's, you know, all the guys were super welcoming too, but it's just nice to have another female. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're obviously dealing with some serious material, especially there in, at the end when you, you make some very gruesome discoveries. Um, are you able to have lighter moments between setups with your castmates? Yeah. You kind of, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I I couldn't live in that place. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I I I just uh, you know when we're on set we're all business and and uh, we're in it and then the, such as that picture you just said that you saw us on the mm-hmm. street I think we're all smiling we're you know yeah. around each other we're just uh, feeling the love and I think it's important <laughs> to balance that out or you you could lose your mind. Yeah. Um, I would think so. Okay. So okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad you get that later <laughs> time. Um, that's a lot to take on. Well, we like to. Uh, we're known for playing a little game at the end of our interviews, um, and so we give you two choices. Um, and your choices for the game. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just for fun. Um, your choices are going to be Dewan or Amy. So the the actors themselves, not their characters. So I'm just going to. Oh, give the actors. Two- okay. Yeah, just the, the actors. Wait, you mean actors. you mean them as as peop them as people or as people? Characters? Yes, 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 yes. I know it's just some of the books. Am I saying it? Yeah, it's just confusing. Because sometimes we okay, do. Okay. Well, when you say 
When you I say know, Duane and Amy, I guess that, that tells me. I know, I know. But it's, yeah, We're doing we do not, not Pierce and so, Billet. So, right, right, exactly. Okay, right. Um, okay, gotcha. Yeah, so Duane or Amy. So uh, scenario one, your favorite food truck is on set. You have to go to the makeup trailer. So you need one of them to place your order and, and get your food. They're going to help you Dewan, out. Dewan. Oh. <laughs> do who's going to do that? it? Who's going to do it for me? Are yeah, who's going to get it right? Yeah, who's going to Who's going to get right. it right? Oh, not just get it for me as a favor, who's going to get it right? Yeah, yeah. So this is interesting. I'm learning a little bit more than I even was going to ask. So, uh mm, Yeah, well, interesting. I, I, I thought you meant who would be the one to get it for you. I thought that's sure. what you meant and I just was I interrupted sure. only because Dewan was so sweet and like, you know, yeah. would bring me things that you know, sometimes there is food floating around, and as actors, uh-huh. like, oh, the whole crew's eating it. You'll look over, and someone's eating, like, this delicious <laughs> quesadilla or something, and you're like, wait, where's that? And by the time you get there, it's gone, you know. But okay. Juan, knowing knowing how new I was, just had my back as my partner, as Got my friend, it. and he just would tell me when there was something here or something there. Okay. But yeah. did, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Tracy. Did oh, you no. mean who was going to get, no, like, an fine. order right? Yeah, I mean, I, I love the enthusiasm, and I like that information. I was curious who you would trust more to get the order right, to bring back the right thing. Um, but Oh, got you. So I jumped on. <laughs> I've already failed your – I failed your game. No, Can no, 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 you get extra points. <laughs> you get extra points. You're getting two answers. <laughs> well, I know Amy would get it right, too, so can it be a tie there? It can. It, it can. There's no, Like I said, there's no wrong yeah. answers here, so. All oh, right, good. number two, um, you're going to go on a hike. Um, if you're on a hike and you sprained your ankle, who would you want there? Who would be the best prepared to maybe wrap your ankle or, you know, to to start caring for it? Um, would would you want to be on that hike with Amy or Dewan? Oh, gosh. I, this, these are, I feel like they both could do it, but I would just say Amy. I don't know. Okay. That's, okay, a t- that's, that's a tough one too, Tracy. I would, I could see yeah. them both doing it. But then, if I was really I hurt, I might need Dewan and his muscles to carry me out of there. Yeah, so like there's a rattlesnake no bite choice. or something. That's, there's just no bad <laughs> <choice>. <laughs> there's <not>. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we try to we work so hard, like on our interview questions, to try to, you know, get good information and interesting content and stuff. But it always ends up being these little games that that seem to to be the toughest questions. <laughs> so, Right. (laughs) Um, Uh, That's funny. Do you think of these yourself? (laughs) We do. We do. Yeah. My co-host Jay is is not on. um, He he's not available right now. But um, so I had to take over the duties. But he's he's an expert at making up these scenarios. I don't know how he comes up with this stuff. So, um, but yeah, we we do our best to to keep it weird. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So. Okay, the last one, um, your favorite ice cream shop has some new flavors. They have the Amy and the Dewan. Which one would you pick, and what do you think it would have in it? <laughs> this is a weird one. Yeah, this is weird. <laughs> it's, the flavors are called Dewan and Amy? Yeah, so and someone they have named them? a flavor after them. Someone named some flavors after them. Maybe they're fans of the show. Uh, so there's one that's supposed to represent Amy and one ice cream flavor that's supposed to represent Dewan. And so which one do you think would have ingredients that you like the best? 
Well, um, let's see. I probably would say because Dewan is so sweet. I don't mm-hmm. like, I don't like my dessert I don't like my dessert too sweet. So I'd okay. probably order the Amy. I would order okay. the Amy. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anything in particular yeah. you think she'd have in her flavor? I think she would be uh it would be like some vegan uh you know, non dairy concoction. Okay. That would be okay. just absolutely delicious. Awesome. I love it. So we may, maybe we'll start a trend here. Maybe we'll, we'll start some Bosch ice cream flavors with the cast. Um, that's that's a great idea. <laughs> so thank you for Thanks, your patience with our, our silly game. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, it was just such a pleasure hearing more about the kids. Oh, anytime. And, and your work. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. It was it was fun. had a great time. And anytime, yeah. happy to do it. So thank you. Great. You Bye-bye. too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.